visitors, please pick up your welcome bag at the connection site in the back of the sanctuary or at our welcome and information desk. Everyone, please write your name on our friendship card. Fill in your address to receive the newsletter or update your information. On the back, you can put prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff and place in the offering plate. Enjoy, Enjoy the service! Good morning! This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day. That the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. And be glad in it. together. Dear God in heaven, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will just come to anoint us this morning, to touch us that whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we sing, whatever we pray, will be what will cause you to make happen in our lives what we need to happen today, to draw us close to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you, if you're able, to stand as we're going to sing together, Faith of Our Fathers. This is not to negate the faith of our mothers. It's also very
Please be seated. We have two opportunities for ministry this morning. One is to help with our Seneca Street dinner, and the other is to help with the hanging of the greens, which is just a couple weeks away. We're going to decorate this place. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Today we celebrate in honoring our veterans, and we do have a thankful moment in your bulletin to help with veterans' ministries, and so we give this to you for your consideration. Hi, I'm Cheryl Lepsch. I am the clothing room coordinator at the Buffalo VA Hospital. And this clothing room is supplies our sick and injured uh, veterans with items that they need. I am here to give you a little bit of an insight on what we do here in volunteer services at the, the VA Hospital. This is a clothing room and a lot of our patients will come in in the middle of the night, they don't have anything but boxers on, and obviously we can't let them leave without dignity. So this room that you see, we have shirts. These racks usually hold all sweatshirts, but this year we are low on sweatshirts, that's all we have. We supply socks, underwear, t-shirts, personal care items, the toothpaste, toothbrushes, all the things that you've been collecting for us for months, we're so appreciative of. Our shelves are getting extremely low. Any financial donations that we get, we personally have a tax exempt go out to Walmart and purchase these sweatshirts, sweatpants, t-shirts and underwear, shorts in the summer, and this year we're in extreme need of coats. We normally hand out approximately 300 coats. So anything that you could do to help us would be greatly appreciated. And I'd like to thank you for your support in the past and your future support. It's greatly appreciated by our veterans. Amen. And you will find um, an envelope in your bulletin where if the Lord is placing that on your heart to be part of that ministry, you're welcome to give as um, we take up our offering. I would like um, right now to um, ask all of, uh, as we're able, any of our vets in the room, if you would stand so we can recognize you and thank you so much for your service, please. God bless you. Amen. We are grateful. We are grateful for the opportunity to gather in this place and to worship freely, to be able to honor God and worship God and gather together without fear. And it is the work of, of our armed forces that has, that has always preserved that freedom and liberty. And we are grateful. We are so grateful um, for your service. Um, <clears throat> we are also um, excited to hear that um, Joanne Papaleo has gone home from the hospital. She's Teresa Zimmerman's mom, and she's doing very, very well. So we're grateful for that. Do you have any other joys this morning to share? Okay, everybody say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And as we remember the joys that God has blessed us with, everything that God has put in our hearts to lift up, we will um, bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings before the Lord out of thanks, out of thanksgiving, out of gratefulness in worship.
Dear Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this beautiful day and for the opportunity we have always to gather and to worship you. We ask that you would bless this offering. Give us wisdom to know how to best use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. And we ask a special blessing on the offering made on behalf of those vets who are in need. We just ask, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that you would touch them, bless their lives, help them to know how much they are appreciated, and make us able to give the help that we need to give. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. And um, concerned that uh, I would lift up this morning is um, that I found out that Dick Anderson is going to be in need of surgery. I think he's in the hospital now, and we want to we wanna pray for him and um, lift him up, and, and Anna Kay as well, as I'm sure she's very concerned about that. What concerns do you have this morning to lift up? Go ahead, Judy. Jack, okay. Jack for healing. Amen. Any others? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Um, yes, she's asked for um, prayers for her husband's family as um, we know, that, we know that he passed away, and then six weeks later, his twin sister passed as well. This is very hard, of course, on the family and um, on Sue, too. Lord, we, we just continue to keep her lifted up and the rest of the family. Thank you. Pastor Tom. Gracie, who's having surgery down in, in Buffalo General. Um, she's a little girl. A little girl. We want to lift her up and her family. Others? Thank you, Becky. Yes, traveling mercies for all for the next several and many weeks, especially with the weather being what, it's, what it is depending on where you're at, right? We have, it's gorgeous up here. I understand the South Towns, they closed the throughway yesterday with all the weather and what it was. So we want to just keep everyone, be mindful to keep people in prayer as they travel. Yes. The fires in California, yes. I have, yeah, I have a friend. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have friends whose families are right in that neighborhood, and, and yeah, everything's gone. Everything's gone. Thank you. Others, yes, Karen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, surgery for Amy, who's, Amy's having surgery on her feet because of some issues from a prior surgery that are problematic. Any others this morning? Yes. Yes. Jan is having surgery on her wrist and her elbow, and when is that, Tuesday? Thursday. Thursday. Thank you, Jan. Any others this morning? With these concerns and those that are on your heart, whether you join me from your seats or at the rail, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, you are our Heavenly Father, creator of everything, the one who knows everything including what we need before we even ask. 
we are so grateful to come before you, Lord. We know that you hear us. We know that you will provide the best answer there is. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for all of those who are in need of healing. Those who have cancers, Lord God, those who are nearing the end of life, those who are facing surgeries, those who are in whatever way in need of a healing touch. Touch them in their spirits, their souls, and their bodies, Lord, as you know they are in need. Bring wholeness to them and draw them close to you. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for all of those who are grieving losses. What a sad and terrible time. Help them, Lord God, to find peace in you. Draw near to them by your Spirit. Comfort them, Lord, and send them comfort through people you know who can bring it through people who will allow your spirit to flow through them. Give them peace as they remember times of joy. Give them peace as they come to understand the hope of eternal life there is for all people in you. We pray in Jesus' name that you would just bless them. We pray for people who are traveling here and there, Lord God, all of the places that we have to be to visit loved ones, to meet obligations. There are all kinds of reasons why we have to travel. We just pray for safety. We pray that all those who leave us will return to us. Just ask for your blessing upon them and upon the vehicles that they're going in. Bless them as they're on the roads, Lord God, and give them wisdom. Give them wisdom to know when to, when to set out and when to stay put. Father, we pray for all of those who are in the midst of disasters of all kinds, natural disasters, Lord. We pray for their comfort. We pray for their safety. We pray for those who are still recovering from hurricanes and fires and tornadoes that have happened. It takes such a long time to rebuild, Lord God. Be with them by your Spirit and send help. Pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, for all of those who are suffering as a result of the actions of human beings. Shootings, Lord God, people driving while they're intoxicated, Lord, all of the kinds of things that bring harm to others. We just ask in Jesus' name that you would bring peace to our world and make us to be people who can bring that peace. Help us 
to be instruments of your peace in this world. Teach us to know your ways and to be able to share them with others. Help us, Lord, not to be complacent, but to go forth as you have called us to, to be a witness for Christ wherever we go, to be part of the solution to the problems of this world. Be with us as we worship this morning. Make our worship to be pleasing to you. Bless Pastor Thomas. He brings forth the message you've given to him for us this day. And even as we are blessed by being here, Lord, let us be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we hear from the Word of God? And isn't it nice to see the sunshine again? The reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 2 through 12. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening, and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Carol. You know, my mother was... Just, uh, had this, this way of talking about dinner right after we ate lunch. Anybody else have that? You know, just as soon as, as lunch is done, she says, so what are we going to have for dinner? I'm like, I'm going to have 
We spend a lot of time on things like that. The basics, food, how to take care of our home, pay the bills. How could we make a life for our children? We even go to church sometimes when it works out in our schedule. We trust our leaders until we don't. Have you noticed that? Until things don't work right. And then we grumble. And we blame our leaders. It's their fault when something goes terribly wrong. Just sit right back and I'll tell a tale, a tale of a faithful ship that started at this tropic port a time upon this sailing ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. The passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. You see, you have to understand what happened here. They left Egypt to go to Palestine. Being conservative, it would take about 10 days to get from Egypt to Palestine. Oh, and they said they were going to stop at the mountain of the Lord, which was probably about a day and a half out of the way, but let's make it three. So let's make it 16. Let's just add and and make it 20, just to be real generous. And it says in verse 1 of this passage, it's been 45 days. Excuse me, something's wrong. Maybe you haven't noticed Moses, But we are in the middle of the desert. There's no 7-Elevens. There's no Applebee's. There's no Topps grocery stores. There's nothing out here. And we've run out of food and water. Now, some people would say, oh, they're so bad for grumbling, you know. Because grumbling in and of itself is kind of a miserable thing, you know. Moses brought us out here. You know, they don't really go out and say what they're thinking. They just grumble it around. I consider this kind of holy grumbling. We have no food. Kind of a a basic need, right? And we're in the middle of nowhere. What do we do when things seem to be going the wrong way in our lives? Sometimes we have to remember what the kids sing about. Our God is a great big God. Because usually we have too small of a God. In this passage, they start blaming Moses and Aaron because they messed up. But you know, the problem with leaders is they're just human. They're like you and me. They're really no better than you and me. You do know that, right? Leaders are just folks, people like you and me. I wouldn't want to be entrusted to any more responsibility than I have in life. I already feel like I have too much. They're not God. God is a whole different thing. God is who a ruler should be pointing to. God is who a leader should be listening to. And then sharing what they hear. In verse 6 it says, Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Shouldn't they know by now? Let's recap the story. we got a burning bush, then we've got all these plagues that happened in Egypt. Firstborn die. They go out into the, into the, to the southern part of Egypt, find themselves up against the Red Sea. And what happened last week? The Red Sea parted in two. They walked across on dry land, and Pharaoh's army got drowned. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Don't you think by now 
that they should know that God is God. Don't you look at these people and say, what's wrong with these people? They've had miracle after miracle after miracle. How many miracles does it take for us to really believe and trust in God? How much do we have to get before we will feel satisfied that God is loving us and taking care of us? Do we really believe that God is providing what we need? This is the most prosperous culture that has ever lived on the face of the earth. Do you all know that? The people of the world want to come to our country to become our poor people because they believe our poor people are better off than anybody in the world. Just think about that. We live where blessings have been dumped on us by the boatload. And we're not satisfied. We're not happy. We're not trusting in God to take care of us. And so we complain, God, it's not fair. My life's not going the way I want it to. We start grumbling, grumble, 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 grumble. And here's the interesting part. It says, and God heard their grumbling. God heard their grumbling. And he didn't zap them with a lightning bolt. That's what we would have done, right? You ungrateful, right? What did he do? He heard their grumbling and he says, guess what? Don't worry about it. Chicken sandwiches for everybody. The bread will fall out of the sky. The quail will come down. You can have chicken sandwiches for the next 40 years. Now we'd be saying, not fair. We don't get hamburgers. You see, that's the problem, right? Right? But he heard it and he took care of them. He provided for them. We need to remember that our God is a great big God, capable of doing more than we expect, making something out of nothing, providing for us. As Matthew says to us, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than a bird? And by the way, by worrying, by being anxious, do you add a single hour to your life? Truth is, we all know, we take days and days and days away from him. Our God needs to be a great big God, and we need to remember what God has given to us. There's a practice that we used to practice in our culture generally. My family still does. Before we ate a meal, we thanked God. We call it table grace because it reminds us every day, every day, day after day after day to remember that everything we need comes from God. Give us this day our daily apple pie. (laughs) See the problem? Because we're not happy with bread. We don't really trust God. We don't even really listen to God. In in verse 4 of this passage, it says, The Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Will they listen to God? Will they follow God's rules? God's rules that are intended for their good. Well, let's look down a little further. It says in verse 17, the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. When they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little 
didn't have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Here's the fascinating thing. We don't need more than we need. Do you understand that? I'm not asking for a show of hands. I don't even want you to raise your hands because it's embarrassing. How many of you throw away food every week? Lots of food. You buy more than you need. I do too. Okay? You buy more than you need. I don't know why we do it. And we, we put it in our refrigerators until it rots. We put it in our cupboards until it goes past its expiration date. Which only means that that's the date that you can't sell it after. You can eat it after that, but don't go by what I said. Do we really get more? Here's something I noticed, okay? When they sell paint, they sell it by the quart and they sell it by the gallon. Now, a quart of paint is about half the price of a, of, of a gallon of paint. So, if you need two quarts, right, what do you do? You buy a gallon so that you can have half gallons of paint all over your basement and garage. Am I right? And you've got half gallons of paint you will never, ever, ever use. But I can get twice as much for the same price. I gotta have it. I'll store it up and keep it for the day that I'll mix all those colors together and paint my kid's room that color and say, isn't it cool? <laughs> really? It's like the little cans of soda pop, right? Drive you crazy. They cost more than the big ones. Can we really consume more than we need. In verse 20 it says, some of them paid no attention to Moses or God. And they kept part of the manna until the morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. When we try to keep more, we end up with rotten lives. More work. Trying to take care of and store away half-empty paint cans we'll never use trying to figure out where to throw them away because we can't just toss them in the garbage. Tossing food out that makes our refrigerators smell because we don't listen to God. I'm going to give you a little life lesson. Pretty simple. A way to have all the money you ever need. Sound good? All right? If you're young, this will probably work. Okay? This is the first thing. You pay the bills for everything you need. That's the first order of life. If you need it, you make sure those bills are paid. Because if you don't pay those bills, they'll take it away. So if you need a cell phone, you go out and buy a cheap one. Because you don't need, this isn't one, a $1,000 cell phone. Now, if you can afford one, fine. But you really don't need it. So get what you need and pay those bills. That's the first step. Because otherwise, if you steal from your bills, you know what will happen? Somebody will come and take your stuff away, even your fancy cell phone. Number two, don't steal from your future. If you're in your teens or 20s and you start putting away 10% of everything you make for the rest of your life, you should be financially comfortable for the rest of your life if you invest that. If you're in your 30s, you got to do a little catch-up, so you're in that 15 20% range. If you're in your 40s, you still got a chance. you got to put away about 20 to 25%. If you're in your 50s or 60s, buy a lottery ticket because you're already cooked. 
because you stole from your future to pay for your life today. So you went out and bought all your wants, and now you're finding you won't have enough when you're older. And don't steal from God. Oh, we knew it was about getting money for the church, didn't you? I don't care where you give the money. I don't care if you give the money to some other charity. I don't care what you do. God asks us to give some money that we have away. He actually says 10%. Why does he say that? Because it's just enough to make us really feel like we did something real, but not so much that we can't afford to have something to live on. And he says, and watch and, and, and test me in this and see if I don't pour out, pour out showers of blessings, open the floodgates of blessings on you. But do we really trust God? Would we really do that? Would we really believe that God will take care of us? If I promised to make up the money for you, if you came up short at the end of the year, you'd trust me. But would we trust God to pour out the blessings? And most of us, we really don't trust God much more than them. We need to listen to God, and we need to trust God. We need to do something more than that. My verse for today comes from 2 Peter. It's in the first chapter. It's verse 3 and 4. We're going to look at 3 first. God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God calls us. God calls us to a special promise. God calls us to a special life. He said in verse 4 that life is a test to see what we'll make of it. If we look in verse 10, it says we'll see the glory of God. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. People say, I just want to hear from God. I just want to know what God wants from me. I want to see God. And we can see the glory of God if we're willing to look for it and if we're willing to live for it. Life is a test. The freedom that God has given to them to come out of Egypt, to come out of slavery, to come out of brokenness, to come out of a meaningless life, to come out of a life filled with sin and, and, and pain, costs something. And we're in a culture that feels that the whole point of life is to have no cost. We don't want to have to take time to make meals. We want takeout meals. We want ready-made meals, simple and easy, well-paying jobs. The other day I was mulching up the leaves in my yard, and it was windy, and I'm thinking, blow, blow, blow those leaves away. Of course, you know the wind was coming this way, and you know where I live, it's right next to the church, so it's, it's, you know. The truth is, we want it easy. We don't want manna from heaven that we have to go out and collect up. We want it to fall right into our laps. We don't want quail to come down that we got to go out and catch. We want them to be directed to fly right through our campfire so they come out toasted and we can eat them right away. And we don't want to have to have the bones to pick out of their skulls. We just want to sit around. Like they said, the flesh pots of Egypt and amuse ourselves to death. That was the name of a book. That our culture is going more and more in the direction of amusing ourselves until we destroy ourselves. This country, this culture, your families, this church will not be destroyed from the outside. They'll be destroyed 
because we become idiots. People so focused on nonsense. Do you know that there are people that spend their day watching stuff like this? Cucumbers had such an effect on cats, did you? But literally, people will spend hours and hours and hours and hours amusing themselves because they don't want to go out and face the struggle. But it's in the struggle. It's in, it's in the effort. It's in the test that God gives to us that we become great, that we become part of what God wants to bless it's not just laziness. It's really more a sense that we've just kind of zoned out in life. And God wants us to do more than that. He wants us to participate. Participate in the dream. The dream isn't just going to fall into our world. It's something that we need to participate in. We need to become part of. We need to live our life into it. God wants to give our lives purpose. And he is intentionally created a dream that you can do, not just watch happen. He intentionally put the manna and the quail out in the desert where the people had to go and get it because it was part of making the dream happen. Second Peter, verse 4. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God has a dream. He wants to make it work in our lives if we're willing to seek the dream, live for the dream, work for the dream. They were grumbling. Our Moses brought us out here in the desert to die. What's the matter with him? They're grumbling at Moses. It wasn't Moses' idea to take him out in the desert. In fact, Moses didn't even want to go. Do you remember that? He didn't even want to do this thing. It was God's idea. It's God's dream. Some people don't want God's dream. They want to go back to the flesh pots of Egypt. They want to go follow their evil desires, Egypt. Egypt represents a meaningless quest. A life spent doing nothing that ever really matters. Amusing ourselves. Until we delude ourselves into thinking what we're doing really makes a difference and will matter. I was thrilled that our Buffalo Bulls knocked off the number 13 team in the country. How cool is that? Go Bills. Bulls. Forget about the Bills. Bulls. Nine and one, our Buffalo Bulls football team. I like this. This is cool. But we can get so caught up in the entertainment that we start to make it the purpose of our lives. And we don't recognize where reality begins and ends. Like this lady here. 
to visit a man who was so lonely because no one stopped by to see him that he thought that he belonged to this family where the crazy parents lived across the street and some guy named Raymond was his best friend and we get caught in it as if the purpose of life is to find comfort sit in a chair find a way to amuse ourselves watch sports and just play. They're complaining because God's plan is so difficult. It's not simple. It's not easy. It, it, there's some un, unpleasantness in it. Today is Veterans Day. Today is Veterans Day. And it's a day we honor the people who have gone before us. Not just those who have served, although that's wonderful that they served, but the ones who even died. My father fought in two wars. He was a hero. Then he fought fires in Buffalo. He was a superhero. He was a man who went out and did it, while others watched it on TV. I watch the war movies. I get all excited about them, but I haven't done anything. I talked to a recruiter the other day, and he said, nobody wants to join the military anymore. They can make more money doing something else. Thank God not everybody felt that way. So I pulled out a tie today. Everybody always wants to know what's on my tie. This one says WWJD. What would Jesus do? We like to use that, you know, for ethical decisions. But really, what did Jesus do? Jesus died to his glory. Jesus died to the easy way. Jesus gave up his life so that we could live. See, God knows what he's doing even if we don't understand it. Yes, the glory of the Lord was out in the desert. He called them out into the desert, out into a place where he could make them into a people that were united, that had no distractions, a tough people, a people who, who understood who God was and understood what community was. No phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury. No TV! No cell phone! Ah! My cell phone went down to 
4% the other day. I've never had my cell phone go down to 4%. The lowest I ever go is like 50%, which tells you how much I use my phone. When people find out their cell phone is running out of battery, they literally freak out. Have you seen it? It's a phone. That's all it really is. But it's become our lives, amusing ourselves to death. What would Jesus do? There was a scene like this where the people were out in an uninhabited place. And they came to Jesus and they said, Dude, there's no food around here. We're all hungry. Remember this? And Jesus gave them all a fish sandwich. He didn't use quail that time. He used fish. And you know what? They said, this is pretty cool. So a few days later, they came back to him and said, dude, we'd like another McFish sandwich, please. He says, really? And he answered him this way in chapter 6 of John. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here's the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. When I was a kid, my parents used to say, you better eat your dinner. You know, there's starving people in India or China. They usually flip back and forth between them. And being the wise guy I was, I'd say, why don't we put it in a manila envelope and ship it to him? That's why I sometimes had trouble with my father. <laughs> Not recommended for you young people. But the truth is, the, the world now can feed itself. I don't know if you know that. We're down to like 15% of the world lacks the food they need. And if we just took the food that we throw in the garbage and gave it to the rest of the world, we could feed those hungry people four times over just with the food we throw away. We have all the food we need. But the world is still hungry. And what it's hungry for is not the bread of earth, but the bread of heaven. Because we've starved our people from it. In the last few weeks, I've been in the funeral homes a lot, doing funerals. I went with the confirmation class to the funeral home. And do you know what the funeral directors say to me every single time? Will you do funerals if we call you? I said, dude, I got all I can do to keep up with the people connected to our church. They said, well, you know, like 60% of the people who come to us don't have a church. 60% of our senior citizens don't have a church, don't have God in their lives. They're studying for their final exam, and they don't even know where to find the answers. The world's desperate and hungry. What are we doing? watching TV, playing on our cell phones, trying to find a more comfortable chair when God is calling us out into the desert. It's not easy because God isn't so present out there. It's not easy because we might find it a little more difficult out there than hiding in here. But God is calling us to change a world, to bring a world to the grace, the power, the love of God so that we can become an amazing people of God, the heroes like those people in Exodus we read about. And we can transform generation after generation with the love of God that we have in our hearts. God wants to do it. But he doesn't want to do it by himself. 
He wants to do it with us. He wants us to participate. He wants us to be part of the process. He wants it to start with you and with me.
some place to live, hope our kids somehow survive this crazy world. But you know, I was raised in the house of a hero. And I was raised not to just do what's okay, not to just get by, but to do something amazing. God has a promise for your life to do something amazing, to be a hero, to step out into the wilderness and trust God and watch him do something that will make your life amazing.
wants us to participate in his dream. Do you realize that? God wants you to be like God to this world. And all we have to do is put away our fear and our worries and put away our amusements and get down to real living. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. I've worried about the wrong things. I've ignored what you want. Call me out into the desert. Help me to trust you. Help me to believe in you. Change my life. Forgive my sins. Help me to be amazing. Amazing grace for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today God has got a new beginning for you. Brand new start. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as forgiven children of God, shall we greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Christ, my friend. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Really Thank you. So nice to play that you, me song. You and Scott. Play that song at the right tempo. We, do a, we played a double tempo and it's been easy. I can't get the fix. the one true God who has created everything that there is. 
who loves us with an everlasting love and who invites us to come and be a part of all that God is doing in the world. God is not asleep. God is not some faraway God that doesn't care about us or that set things into motion and is just watching from above. God is here. God is with us and God loves us. Everyone is welcome to come to the table. Whether it's the first time you've come to church or you've been coming all your life, if today, in this moment, you are saying in your heart, I want to be part of what God is doing in the world, you come to the table. God has welcomed you. God has invited you. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, our Alpha and Omega, whose strong and loving arms encompass the universe. For with your eternal word and Holy Spirit, you are forever one God. Through your word, you created all things and called them good. And in you, we live and move and have our being. When we fell into sin, you did not desert us. You made covenant with your people Israel and spoke through prophets and teachers. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is Jesus Christ who called you Abba, Father. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own and filled them with a longing for a peace that would last and for a justice that would never fail. In Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus who now reigns with you in glory and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with death, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, and broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and again gave you thanks and praise. He gave it to his disciples saying, drink from this all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, 
we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood. As the grain and grapes once dispersed in the field are now united on this table in bread and wine, so may we and all your people be gathered from every time and place into the unity of your eternal household and feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward. him to come to the table. Whether you've been in our church before or not, you're welcome to come to the table of God. It's God's table, his manna from heaven for you. You're welcome at the rail for prayers for healing and anointing. Come and light a candle. Come and join us with you, Lord.
And now I'm going to invite you, if you're able to stand as we're going to sing together, Rise Up, Ye Saints of God. make your life worth living. Go out and do something absolutely amazing, even if it seems like something small, and know that God is going to bless it to become something huge. Go gather up the saints. Go share the word. Go bring food to the people who are hungry for their bodies and for their souls. Go transform this nation for God. Go in his peace. Amen.